Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotner. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry, boy. Look all uh, um, uh, technical goodies. Radio hotner. Oh, cheers, boy. Cheers. Cheers. G'day viewers, welcome to episode 52. You can't start when I've got a mouthful of Olaf. Olaf? Olaf! Olaf with Parmesan. 54321. G'day viewers, welcome to episode 52 of Radio Hot Lab, that crazy w- w- podcast that does a light-hearted show on motorsport, local, international, technology, barbecues, gadgets and emerging technology. And uh, I'm here on my own tonight because uh, JP's very busy with a mouthful of... Uh, a uh, very nice queen green olive stuffed with parmesan cheese. <laughs> and they're very big and very bitey. <laughs> Good Harder evening, viewers. I've just about swallowed, though. I've just got the last bit to go. Oh, dear. <laughs> wash, it down with that, uh, wash it down with that very interesting beer you brought along tonight. Yeah, I thought I, I was talking to someone over Easter, and they said, have you tried these new Harm Super Dries? Another one of these low-carb beers uh, in the same sort of vein as uh, Pure Blonde. Um... But uh, I'm a big fan of the dry beers, like the two is extra dry, etc, etc. And uh, I thought, well, okay, I'll give it a go. So I grabbed a six-pack before I came round. And I have to say, it's a little bit light on taste, the first mouthful. But uh, after that, it's going down exceptionally well. But it is very dry. A very nice warm evening here again in Adelaide. Uh, 37 yesterday, 33, 34 today. So, viewers, we're back outside. And I tell you, he's not, he's not wrong about how dry it is. I had a mouthful and I just realised it was the bottle he'd previously drunk. <laughs> Wasn't a bit in it. That's dry. <laughs> it really is dry. Yeah. So, Johnny, what a big week in motorsport. Oh, there has been. Mate, it was been... good. But you, you, you do a bit of blabbing first, because I always do the blabbing. Haven't you got something to say? Well, I've just got to, I mean, I suppose the biggest thing for me is Formula One. McLaren got up there for the first time since 2005 to get a 1-2 and got a 1-2 with Lewis Hamilton I mean how how brilliant I mean what a start what, what a mar- what an increase in marketing start. value yeah third third and on the podium in your first pl- in your first race second on the podium in your second race what does this mean we aren't going to see him winning next week it, it means that we've just tapped into another another uh, non-Caucasian population that are going to take so much more of an interest in Formula 1, it'll be, it'll be great for the sport. It will and be motor racing in general. Sport, you're right, and uh, you're dead right about tapping into the population. And, um, but isn't it, I mean, just watching the, uh, the McLaren uh, promo, I suppose you could call it a promo, um, documentary that was played during the, uh, during the Australian uh, Grand Prix here, um, about Hamilton and his rise to the top and you know accosting uh, Ron Dennis at a young age when he just won a karting championship and saying I want to drive for you one day um, an incredible rise right up through the ranks and um, and he, hey, he's paying Ron dividends for his support over the years there's no doubt about that and just from the whole of that whole documentary I mean okay it was very pro McLaren and that's what it was all about but you know they were saying that um, with Alonso there and, and now Hamilton, uh, the lift in the team and, and how the, the team's going all out for them. 
and I think it's it's probably happening already, and and they're you know good on them. They're really going for it. Yeah, there's always that intangible component of um, of success and positive spirit within a team that seems to lift it onto the next victory. And so many yeah, times we've just seen to the next level. We've it's, seen concurrent victories, yep. you know, like um, in in so many different categories, and that that's that's a really important, but as I said, intangible factor. It certainly is. So I think that was a, and it was a good race too. And uh, you know, Ferrari missed out and uh, only getting third and. And uh, Massa got the pole, was fifth, I think, and he ended up. But uh, um, a bit of a silly mistake there near the start by him. But uh, no, it was, a, it was a good race and a good weekend. And then you know, and then so okay, that was that was good. And then we've got um, Will Power on the streets of uh, was it Vegas? Yeah, Las Vegas. Vegas, <laughs> winning for uh, Aussies at last. Yeah, that's uh, great to see that the investment that Greybook Gore's put in with the Team Australia. Champ car team in their third season. That uh, he's come off a high from the Surface Paradise pole. Definitely been the person to chase there and in, in California at the end of the season. And uh, yeah, he has managed to get pole and, and take it through to the win. And I think that uh, he's really signalled that he's, he's he's up for the championship very very early in. But however, we could be reading Crush's press releases. Well, we could be reading Crush's press releases. But you can't take it away from. But I haven't read. He's 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 done it. And that's great, and it puts you know Australia on the map. And you know, whether you like Craig Gore or not, as we've said before, look, the guy's put his money where his mouth is. He might be outspoken, yep. but so is motorsport as an action. So exactly. I'm just very, very pleased for it. Oh, I um, think it's fantastic, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it, as I said, as I was about to say earlier, I haven't read Crush's press releases. Maybe you have, um, and disregarding them altogether, I see you got auto action here now. Last week's auto action on the first page inside which is what page three uh, there was a little bit down the bottom um, and I can't remember who the hell the interview was with but one of the one of the exponents of, of champ car racing over the years saying that he thought Will Power could do the job and this week auto action there he is on the front cover it's, it's great that is great to see and it also happens to coincide just at the same moment that Max Wilson took one of the uh, Team Australia cars, it was albeit a, a Raynard 97 chassis, in Team Australia colours around Mount Panorama Circuit. It was a bit of a processional sort of uh, uh, event. Demonstration the thing. Yeah, the circuit is not licensed to be right. able to run cars like that, and yep. nor is the, are the safety um, the safety um, precautions, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 safety issues in place. But, you know, he gave it a bit of stick up the main straight, and the fact is it went round and round, and he would have liked to have a... Have a, probably a bit of a, a better go, and, and, and yep, in this week. So, a shot of auto fiction. There's a shot of it going through the dipper. But obviously, you can't take a chassis like that through the dipper, or can you? Well, after looking at the corkscrew at Laguna Seca, which is equally as steep, if yeah, not steeper. Hmm. Well, obviously, he managed to get it around. Did it look like the right height had been adjusted? Something else. It's something interesting that came up, uh, and which I am now questioning the, the the validity of, and we'll we'll wait and see how sensible it is. But I got an email the other day from Motorsport News saying that uh, please register for our free e-news e online service, which will be a weekly e-news magazine. It won't cost you anything for that, um, and uh, we will uh, be just producing the magazine once a month. Well, I had a chat, chat to Grant Rowley, um, uh, one of the, uh, the writers there for the magazine at Bathurst International Motor Festival and I, whilst I didn't get into a discussion about the validity of it, I just don't believe 
that uh, you can um, you're going to be able to sustain yourself on an e-style business strategy on the basis that people wanted to read this stuff on the couch and they're giving away for free. So what are they doing? Cannibalising their their, mm. their print sales? But you know, and mostly the I think that the people who are making these decisions haven't had as much experience in the in the in the online world as you and I have. But having said that, they are coming from a um, a print background, a, a print background yeah. where they have the might of, a, of, of an organisation which generally has already got deals going on with advertisers. But, mate, oh, I'm well, going to, my perception will be, I I'll just tell you, they're going to have to change their style of writing because by the time I pick that up, it's going to be old news. I think you've got to look at that in a different light and if they're clever about how they do it, it could be worthwhile because... Uh, I mean, if you take the local newspaper, which you know that you know my company is well involved with because we help set it up here in uh, here in Adelaide, the Independent Weekly, they do an online news every day, and it's basically the headlines of the day relating to what's going on around town and what's going on nationally, but it's all short, sharp, and shiny. And I so, never take the time to read it. And I read it every day because there you go. That's just one of those things. Nevertheless, from motorsports perspective um, if they're going to send this thing out and it's full of little snippets and it just says for full story see this week's edition whatever but they're whatever. not doing that they're cannibalising their sales well they, not you know, necessarily it depends how much they've they got no in. revenue stream other than the advertisers and they don't know what their retention will be it won't be quite the same but the There's same advertisers that are advertising the paper will presumably come on board for the web version I'll be very interested to see how well they work and I'll give them all my support Hoping that they can they can start a new trend that people will advertisers will continue to pay for e news. Mm. Well, I think e news has got the potential because of its delivery mechanism and everything else to actually introduce a whole new level of advertising. We can quantify how many people download it, but we can't quantify if they read it or not. True, click throughs, yes, but not reading it. And maybe do you want to? Do you want? I want to read it. Don't you want to read that in the evening on the couch? Yes, I do. But if I want a quick flick through of like, if I've, you know, like, I don't know, if I've just finished a big quote and I've got five minutes to myself and the email comes in and I'm waiting for that phone call back from the guy I just sent the quote to, whatever, I might just go, oh, okay, and have a flick through and there could be an ad on there that catches and, my and eye. And I think it'll work. It'll work. Fine and that's the for only the way young, it works. Brave web 2.50 users. Yeah, maybe. That, yeah. But from the from the demographic of people who are not as price sensitive, who can afford to go and buy the magazine, or why not sit on the couch and relax in the evening and do that? So we're going to want a print copy. Oh, so, uh, print copies are still going to keep going, but this this is just the. Uh, I don't think they're necessarily cannibalising. I think they're they're reaching out to potentially an additional audience. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, Indeed. I wish them all the best, and I think it'll be a good job. So yeah. moving on to the next thing. All right. So, Bimf, tell us about it. Well, it was... Um, it was an, I actually enjoyed going to Bathurst. It was um, It was pretty pleasant. Don't so, sound so surprised about enjoying going to Bathurst. Oh, well, I don't it's enjoy going to Bathurst at the best of times because it's just, you know, like it's full of yobbos and, and... Oh, well, whatever. That's just but it wouldn't have been a yobbo weekend, would it? No, it wasn't a yobbo weekend at all. It would have been purist weekend. So, um... Look, I uh, I went over and, and met up with Alan, who'd flown back from from uh, Paul Ricard, the Le Mans testing, yep. on the Wednesday afternoon, and then a Thursday at lunchtime, Jack Ellsgood came and picked us up uh, in Mossman, 
and we ended up shooting up to the to the festival. Um, got up there, met up with uh, Ted Hugelin and the rest of the guys from the Consolidated Chemical Company who were running the Ferrari 360, went and had a nice meal and we all sort of um, arrived at the track in the morning all, all, all fresh. Was that Thursday morning? So, uh, Friday morning. Friday morning. Didn't Jack have some interview, uh, sign-in yeah, stuff Yeah, there was some media, there was some media stuff media. to do between 7 and 8 at the mm. Panthers uh, Club there. Or, yeah. But it was, um, I didn't go and it was just as well I didn't go because it was about four and a half people were there. Ah, oh, right, okay. So it was so, subscribed. No, so it wasn't. So anyway, <laughs> next day um, we had uh, the Ferrari running, uh, obviously, in Australia, in the third round of Australian GT. Uh, we had Marcus Akanovic turn up to... Uh, do a non-championship round in the Commodore Cup car, being held with the number one plate. He um, and knowing his way around there, and of course with the Fujitsu race later on in the year, you yes. never say no. Like Alan or, or Jack, but, you yeah. know who knows where the call might come from, especially after his result on the weekend. Um, that uh, they need people who can circulate this uh, this track and and keep off the walls. Yep. Uh, because you all, it's all about circulating. You win twelve-hour races, eleven fifty-nine, not. Uh, not uh, the first or second corner, as was proven <laughs> by the fact that the winning car in the 12-hour, the, the BMW 335, twin turbo of Gary Holt, Craig Baird and Paul Morris, um, with the Eastern Creek karting uh, car, ran and started from pit lane um, early um, as the cars were, were leaving pit lane, it was seen to be leaking fuel, um, so they pulled it and said, look, you, you can't go out onto the track until you solve it. I think, you know, to summarise what happened, and I hadn't got a confirmation of it, but my understanding would have been that they were probably trying to force fuel into that car because they're allowed to use a dry brake system and there's 250 litres of fuel in the in the pit area. I think that the you know the temperature or the pressure, ambient pressure changed and it vented back out through the dry brake seal. And of course that, uh, you know, could be a case of trying to be a little bit clever. Yes. And um, yes, uh, the only other the people that have ever been able to sort of do I? I haven't seen a, a, a Bathurst race one from pit lane before, no. but I have seen uh, Larry Perkins pit at the end of the first lap um, with you know I think you know a, 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 the leather on the glove box peeling <laughs> and um, having to go uh, you know go in do do a fix of that and then go out to win the race. I can't yeah. remember what year that was, but yeah, it, um, it just shows you the strength of that lineup. The Morris Baird uh, Holt lineup was very very good. And I understand good. that. that Gary Holt actually um, drove very, very well and was very smooth. They all drove very, very well. And Gary was, no, he, yeah, and Gary was look, he was upbeat about the whole thing, and I think was was very um, uh, understanding of the fact that that the the, the bad Morris combo were probably going to be able to turn faster times in than him consistently, and they just needed to do that. And there was a lot of challenging there from the all. All um, all dirt squad in the Subaru uh, works car of Atkinson, uh, Dean Herridge, and Cody Crocker, um, and uh, the I don't know exactly what happened there with the the second the, the bitumen car, which was made up of Alajaj um, and Crompton um, and Crompton and Grant Denyer. Brake problems, I think, having to change too many pads, and nobody got into trouble. Like of the thirty-five starters, twenty-eight finishes, and really only the yeah, really, really good, and that's great for the event. So um, yeah, we had uh, okay. So sticking to the to the to the twelve-hour, um, Chris Delfmer had produced the car that Jack Ellsgood and John Bow were to drive in, 
and uh, it was Chris's rookie rookie's moment to go to the go there, and he was turning in times closer to the three minute mark, which really was around about almost twenty seconds off the pace. Whoa. But you know, can you imagine the pressure that the young bloke would have had after providing the cars and getting a couple of you know a superstar and a, and a, and a rising superstar into the car? He didn't want to mess it up for them, and yeah. you know, like imagine it. So. It would have been very, very tough, but you know, I, I didn't speak to the guy very much, but I did watch what was going on, and and I could see, and he he managed to, to turn his in previous times down into the low low forties, uh, and and did a sensation job, and they managed to bring that car home with no troubles whatsoever. Yeah, there was a couple of rotor and pad changes, but Chris Casparis had run the cars and was had all the gear right there, and they already knew they had the match pads. They go ka-ching, and I was watching; them. they were very quick to be able to change all that sort of stuff and keep the car circulating. Didn't have a problem. Didn't touch a wall. And the three of them did an extremely good job, and I, I read that you know JB was. Oh, it's funny to catch up with JB again. That's another question. We'll go. We'll go back yeah, to anyway. it later on. Well, JB has definitely taken me out for a, a steak at Vlado's <laughs> in, in Melbourne because he, he wants wants something. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, can't got. beat a Vlado's steak either. <laughs> something I want. Yeah. But yeah, it was good to catch up, and he. We hadn't seen each other for a couple of years, so probably and Alice was there. And anyway, very, very good. Leading, uh, leading home the Class D, the um, the touring car sports yep, category. category. Yep. Um, first Australian car home. You know, first Ford obviously, and a Ford factory Ford media effort. So I, I'm, I'm absolutely stoked about that ninth and, and, and as I said, first in the class. I'd imagine that will be a very good. Uh, very good uh, thing to put in your resume about um, how you managed to bring the car home. Yeah, absolutely. So credit to them all, and especially to Chris, who you know the, the rookie, <laughs> to go there in his first attempt and right. and was um, it didn't do the bulk of the driving. He certainly did do double stints mm-hmm. and um, and and did a good job of it and just, and know, just brought, brought the car and home. And he didn't and go down the third the nose. Mm-hmm. Very yep. very pleased for, for all of them. Like Big that. kahunas. Um, Jack uh, decided that he wanted to do a few photos towards the end of the afternoon as JB was in his last stint across the pit wall there the light was coming down perfectly and said look oh mate let's do some photography you know with the Maurice Lacroix watches and so I gave him my, my watch well I, as you'll notice JB oh, I don't have back. it on my hand oh. so he has like not repositioned so is that two he's got now he's got me well he's just have to go send it <coughs> but we wait to see how quick he does that <laughs> yeah next time he sees you Alan is also now on board with Maurice Lacroix and uh, has picked the same style of watches as, as, as Jack's, which is with the white face. But then right. I, I particularly prefer the black face during the day and the white face at night because it's easier to see. So, Johnny, can you just stand by and be my watch carrier? <laughs> oh, well, you know what's going to happen with that. And to that extent, he's... Well, maybe while we're on technology, we should be uh, suggesting to some watch manufacturer that they need a face that's white during the day and black during the night, or vice versa. It's not Formula One. Well, it could work. All you need is a little bit of some, you know. Okay, so just quickly going to uh, Australian GT, third round there. Um, obviously, we'd come off um, two round wins at A1GP, Eastern Creek, and Eclipse of 500 event. Now, so te- going there... Before you go any further, mm-hmm. qualifying. Where was Alan in qualifying? Oh, uh, no, I'll, 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 I'll get to that in a minute. All right. But I need to tell you the story is that Alan had to make a pretty hard decision about what am I going to do? Am I going to continue? Come, am I going to come back to Australia and race Australian GT on the basis that you know, look, I, I've already got a, a fair bit of points in the bag there, and it could um, be a championship. And the, but mind you, the the rider, 
the writer engineering Galad or Lamborghini Galados are starting to come online. Yes. Um, Ian Palmer took delivery of his on the weekend and uh, managed to do a you know a fourth, but but was a little bit you know sorting it out a bit like yeah. Bryce Washington was doing here in Adelaide. at, at Adelaide, yeah. and that uh, has definitely come on stronger and stronger. Okay, so the uh, obviously it's a, it's, a, it's a big hill. Mm. And and Alan had to make that decision. Like, am I going to come over here and sort of chase for that championship, or am I just going to do individual races? Now, teaming up previously in British GT back in 2005 with Hector Lester in the uh, the Christian yep. uh, Broadcasters uh, Ferrari GT360. Um, now, uh, Hector had changed to a 430, but the specifications for British GT have changed so that now they're running GT3 not GT2 with a few GTC cars on there. Last year Alan raced with Hector the GT3 car but there was no rubber developed suitably for the rim sizes they needed to run in order to house the braking. So whilst yeah, as, a, as a result of the size of the rotors they need to run bigger bigger rims but the tyres weren't developed enough to really take advantage of that. Um, now over the winter, English winter, the aero has been sorted and the tyres are are right there and the package is good but what was he going to do and no disrespect to Hector but you know he would be considered probably a more of a gentleman racer mm -hmm. but having watched him at Clips of 500 he came down here to do that and drove a 430 yes. he was actually uh, I, I thought he was it was, it was you know not too bad at all um, what Alan did was team him up with Tim Mullen who had uh, shared the Spa 24-hour Scuderia across GT2 car Ferrari 430 last year for him at the 24 hour spa well wouldn't you know it Poland won the race so uh, they lead the GT they, they lead the British GT championship and you know I was telling Alan as he's driving back to Melbourne on Monday Sunday morning he's, oh, well, he wasn't with his head in his hands but you know quite rightly he said I didn't come here to come third at Bathurst now why did he come third okay firstly in the first practice session we went out we drove too fast uh, we made a mistake now, you're not allowed to. I'm learning more about the ruling with Australian GT, and it's all about having parity and everything like that. Yep. You can't run under 2 minutes 14. If you do, with a half percent, half percentage uh, of time leeway, you effectively break out, and you have to look at a parity sheet, and then you take on some ballast or rev changes right. or, or ride height. In this case, we picked up another 500, uh, minus 500 RPM of, uh, of engine speed plus another 10 mil of ride height. That meant that the next right. time we went out for qualifying, we had 1,300 kilos on board, minus 1,250 RPM, and 30 mil of ride height, which you just simply can't have. Um, and so our times dropped from 13.1 down to 14.7. Um, it also meant uh, also that on the third lap we snapped a, a left rear axle, which meant because that, that was of the setup. We don't know whether that was because of the setup, but uh, it has allegedly the the because of the setup. At the end of the day, that was it. So we had to we we qualified third. But funnily enough, um, that, uh, that Bryce actually qualified um, uh, at, a, at a point where he actually took some ballast on. So uh, he ah. he qualified and did a 13-1 himself. So it forced him to take on 10 mil of ride height and uh, 23 kilos of ballast. Um, then it was a processional race, both of them, and, and Bryce won it, followed from, um, from Wall and, and Alan um, with him with Bryce breaking into the, the, the 12, 12 nines. So he got another... During the got, race yeah, with During the, the race, so he got another 10 mil of ride height. Okay. And um, and another and 77 kilos of success ballast. 
Jeez. because of that. And of course, then we went into the next race and still broke out again. So you can see that these Galatas have got a lot where, long, a long way to go, and they're also for foxing a great deal. Um, Wall also broke out in the in the first in the second race, so he will go into the next event with some um, some further weight penalties. And will Alan no get some doubt, taken yeah, off? Yes, some back, but it's, the parity is difficult, and it's 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 hard for the it's hard for the people running the category because you know they they've got to be seen to be fair for everybody else. Yeah, for sure. And I um you know you don't. It's easy to sort of quickly bag them and say, "Hey, that's not fair." But you, you know, if you keep, if you have such a, a disproportionate gap between the beginning and the end, well, how are you ever going to be able to sort of keep people in the category? They have yeah. to have a chance of winning. And whilst you know it didn't work for us in in, in our favour this weekend, you know we just need to get parity back a little bit more there. Yeah, so, well, I know, think that'll be an ongoing thing, and obviously they're going to have to look at it as the season progresses. So you know. But, uh, yeah, still an interesting result. But I would still be pretty pleased with third and the points he got. Well, no, he wasn't pleased at all. Um, uh, <laughs> okay. And, and, and really, he said, look, I can't be afford to come back from Europe, you know, for, for three days to come third. Like, it's just, it's a joke. And also, he's probably thinking in the back of his mind, you know, what are these, what's it going to be like? And as we go to Queensland Raceway, which is a power circuit. Yeah. Um, if the Galados are just... And now he's very, very fast across the top of the mountain, and that, that is where his skills were at. Um, and just uh, wrapping up, Bimp was Marcus Sikanovic who uh, who turned up qualified sixth in the in the Action Racing Commodore uh, car uh, with a one plate, and uh, third by the first corner, and uh, drove across in front of them over the top of the mountain to take the win in the first and second race. And uh, then maybe the maybe it was deemed that in the second race that he uh, ran a little bit low, a little bit high the pressures. So that the pressure's built, the car became a little bit skatey, and I, I understand Mick might have taken a little bit of pressure out of it, but maybe a touch yeah. too much because it didn't seem like he got the heat in the car to bring the temperatures back online, and so he he, he was struggling to keep pace with Jeff Emery, who would win win the second second race. But overall, top step for um, top step for for, for Marcus, yeah. um, top step for uh, JB and 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 Jack and and Chris Delfman. Um, in their in their class and and third for Uncle Al, who incidentally actually got on the second step, and the commentator said, "I, I think that's actually the wrong spot for you." <laughs> and Al went, "Well, I've never been here." <laughs> yeah, very good. Okay. Sorry about that little pause, pretty pregnant pause, viewers. But just had to go and check on the little sneaky crispy pork loin that I've got cooking in there in a bag with a whole lot of time. Hey, mate, I love cooking it with bags. It smells brilliant, Johnny, I have to tell you. Do you like cooking Shouldn't with bags? Shouldn't all that smell be kept in the bag, though? Smell? In the smell bag. in the bag. But no, it smells fantastic, viewers. Um, I think we're going to aim for a good dinner tonight. Um, local. We're going to have a lot news. of dinners in. Local news. Have another piece of... Have another Olaf. Oh, I won't be able to talk again, then. Um, well, I'll keep talking while you have one, and then we'll, we'll switch a route. Um, yeah, local news. We have a new facility for Clipsal 500 and horse racing. Finally, after uh, quite a few weeks of um, stuffing around, I suppose you could say, and a bit of a local government hoo haring between the um, South Australian government and the Adelaide City Council. Um, a compromise has been reached, which will see a new grandstand for the Clipsal 500 as a permanent structure built in the parkland. 2009, though it'll start. The yep. construction will start after 2008. And I had a chat to um, 
I know that because I had a chat to um, the Oz GT uh, media manager and um, his partner Mike Drew and Penny Gordon, yes, yeah, uh, who um, were there uh, on the weekend. It was uh, oh, really right, nice cool. to be able to have a chat to those guys in a different yep. light, having as they are the media people for Clips of Five Hundred, but yes. doing the Oz GT stuff and also yep. doing the stuff with Alan and, oh, and cool. also Mike's son Tom Drew, yes. having his first drive. What in the Fujitsu it? Prodigy uh, car at uh, oh, Wakefield right. Park after doing so well in the West Sports car. Yeah, he did the West sort of thing. Stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it was great to it was great to sort of you know, have a bit of Adelaide local local communication talent there. But yeah, uh, Penny had said to me it was just been ratified the day before. Yep. That uh, the deal was was done. But you know, well, it was inter- it was interesting because um, like when we did last week's show, um, the decision was due to be made. I think the day prior because we did the show on the Tuesday last week. Um, and the decision wasn't actually forthcoming on the Tuesday and Wednesday morning um, I think Auto Action had a story to the effect of it was all in doubt and it could all fall in a heap and uh, Wednesday afternoon it got the uh, got the green light um, the news stand will be I think about 45, 50 metres less in length than uh, the state government was asking for or the Clipsal 500 board was asking for and um, they have to limit the height to three storeys um, so that the Premier can't have his long uh, viewing area up the top but uh, apparently uh, the new plans include a basement now to overcome that problem so there'll be a basement underneath and then, uh, and then the three stories on top. So, what was going to be a four-story building is actually now only going to be three stories high. With a bunker. Well, with the bunker indeed. And uh, so, instead of the premier having his luxury accommodation up the top, maybe he'll just have a big wine cellar down below. Look, I I can understand what the hoo-ha is uh, is on about, it. but you know th- th- this town is very very staid, isn't it? It's all about uh, who you went to school oh, with, it is, and no um, doubt about that. And and they don't like people change. in the East Parklands who uh, you know they, all they want all, is that green space to walk their dogs. Yes, I mean, having said that, you know, if you were living on East Terrace, you could sort of start, you could feel that you know that you'd be your quality of your life might be compromised. Yeah, but. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, I think when you when you're in a, you know, a lot of those places down there are worth in excess of a million dollars. So, yeah. I suppose you feel you've got a right that you shouldn't be impinged upon at all. And even if it is for like a week before the race and a week after and the the actual event, it's still three weeks out of a year. So, I guess. But anyway, the compromise was reached. The decision's been made. It's great for South Australia as far as I'm concerned because it, it puts us back into the real world in inverted commas and uh, you know uh, as might, much as uh, might, might be an opportunity for Formula 1 and Le Mans to even come back so who would well, that'd uh, be nice. Stranger, Le Mans would be good to stranger come things have ever ha- have happened Formula 1 but uh, there we go the facility will be on the opposite side of the track uh, to, to the current uh, the traditional one yes which will basically the one be where the, uh, the Barry Sheen grandstand is and I understand that I, but, or, but understand that it will first corner will be reprofiled, yes. but I would imagine that people would be taking into consideration just how spectacular that corner is and not go too overboard with it. Well, you'd like to think not, no. But uh, it's all, anyway, it's all going ahead. So and a lot of trees being planted. Yes, I mean, and this is the other thing too, you know, everybody whinges every time a tree gets cut down, but they never say anything when extra trees get planted. So, there we go.
So that was a good bit of, good bit of local news from the last week, for sure. Mate, bit of tech. Um, you brought round a new Apple TV tonight. I did. And we didn't really have much of a go at it. Well, we had we about were, sort of 15 minutes before oh, we started that, the yeah, show. Cords in, and it's interesting to note that it doesn't come with any cords, but, but I suppose that's fair enough. You know, you, there's enough cords out there and you everybody's got a different setup. Yeah, it's just interesting for the viewers. I mean, if you're thinking of rushing out and buying an Apple TV, just beware of the fact that in the box you get an Apple TV. And a remote control and a power cable. Yeah, but if so, if you need component cables, if you need HDMI, if you need digital audio, make sure you buy the cables at the same yeah, time. I don't Apple think TV. that that is too unacceptable. Well, I, like I mean, if you look at current things, like if I go out and buy a, uh, a 6.1 uh, receiver, uh, receiver amp or whatever from any of the major brands. I'm lucky if I get a short one metre, uh, you know, three prong component cable with it. As I had so, to spend like sixty, seventy dollars for a fibre optic, fibre optic cable for the back of my PlayStation mm. into um, into the stereo system. And yep. mind you, the sound quality is great, but compared to the price of the rest of the components, it sort of suddenly looks expensive. Exactly. But uh, yeah, we've had a bit of a play with it, but um, we had. Haven't really you know, had a look at the startup screen, and by the time the uh, uh, well, by the time we looked at it, we really haven't had a time to configure it. But it all looks pretty cool like that. And it's sitting over there in the in the background, playing off quite a nice, yeah, it's got uh, a nice little, little, little screensaver, screensaver built into it. That's just at the very least, away it's at a four hundred and forty nine dollars screensaver. Well, which is fantastic. Yeah. Where else could you get a screensaver of that quality for that sort of money? With all that depth of field, I like roses. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this different. Maybe the intro a... screen when you first switch it on is quite clever, I thought. Yeah, but how many times do you want to watch that? Well, only once. Oh, come on. It's only exciting the first. Oh, well, maybe three. But it's good when you bring your mates around. God, but, get a load of this. But well, yeah, on. we haven't we haven't uh, we haven't got it configured up yet, and all we can tell you so far is that we've both got our um, Ada two eleven G laptops here, and it might not be quite as simple as first thought. So anyway, but we'll we'll next week we'll, we'll have a result on, week, on, we'll on what's going on. Tell you how it all works properly. Well, I went and ordered a new Mac this week, and uh, Apple delivered some new ones, and so I bought myself a new quad-core, a dual quad-core, which has been effectively eight-core, yes. um, uh, Mac Pro. And did you get the unobtainium three gigahertz? Mate, I got the unobtainium everything, the whole bit, the whole lot, with a couple of monitors, $27,000. Not a bad sort of a spend, is it? Not a bad sort of a spend, but can you But buy are it? you into animation and scientific processing? I am. Oh, well, that's all right then. No, I'm into video editing. Yeah, well, that And I also it. noticed that video, that, that, that there's a deal going on there with uh, Final Cut Studio, which now you cannot buy as pro, so I'm not quite sure yeah. what's in the studio pack. Well, you get those extra things like And that if you are them. ordering that unit, yeah. you can then, for a no option, for no extra option, you can actually have 10.4 server 10, 10 client edition. Mm. In the store, purchase unlimited client, you have to pay a little bit more for, but yeah. why would you do that, JP? And and how clever is that technology? Because I understand that uh, whilst Intel has not actually made any announcements of the availability of the Clovertown three gigahertz quad core chip, which is what it's called as a, yep. as a code name, uh, it is because that Apple bought all of the products. That's Apple right. Bought every well, one of them. The they cornered the market, it. so we can't really announce its availability. That's right. Because if you're a PC box builder and you want to put it in one of your machines, you can't get one. So uh, Apple have very cunningly uh, done the deal with Intel and said, well, we know you can't make many of them, but what you can make, we'll have, thanks very much. Well, there are a few people uh, on Macintosh.com had shown that they uh, had, had ordered them and delivered them, had already doing their benchmarks. It seems they In weren't doing anything much other than benchmarking. I yeah, well... A lot of people with a lot of money out there. Um, 
Interestingly, AMD have announced uh, a similar chip. Uh, you know, like AMD have had Pin a very bad replacement. year. Yep, uh, they've had a very bad year, and uh, things look like they're going backwards a bit. But uh, they've got a three gigahertz uh, dual core as well now, so uh, that'll be interesting to see. Talking of benchmarks, how that compares to the Intel. It will be indeed, but it's going to be a while before we sort of, you know, I don't know whether they are plug-in, plug-out sort of sort of things. It must be due now for some, really must be due for some new new um, uh, displays and uh, something well, the in the... In display the, in prices the have all dropped, you do realise that, in no, the last week. 30 inch is now down to uh, 29.95 or 27.95. It's still far too expensive. When I can go to Officeworks and buy a 22 inch monitor for 4.99 or a 19 for 2.99. Yeah, well, you can buy a 20 now for... I can't remember. But they've, all, all, the, the, all three have dropped considerably. So, you know, from the 20, 23, 30. Can't tell you any more than that, really, because I didn't take that much notice of what the prices have dropped to. Wait, what else is news? Oh, I think... Uh, where did I hear? Atco's co-drivers spat the dummy or resigned or whatever and he's off to New Zealand. Oh, I understand that. To as race well. in the local rally championship. You, you see what you can tell everybody, tell the viewers. Well, well, well I just I mean, told the story. Tell, show You're the, just going show to check the on the roast again, aren't you? What do you want? It's the most important thing. Well, it is. Well, we do have to eat later on. So, um, yeah, apparently uh, Chris Atkinson's uh, co driver, uh, whose name totally escapes me at the moment, has um, decided to resign. So, Atco's looking for a, a new, uh, new co driver. After his second in Bimpf on the weekend in the 12 hour. Um, what other news is there? Mm, Bernie's, Bernie's whinging about something or the other, but I can't think what it is. I know what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. I wanted to say thanks to Dirk Kleinsmith. Uh, oh, yeah. And to Chris McInnes from V8 Central for, for helping out on the weekend and going a little bit beyond the normal Call of Duty and. Yeah, it's early and late and dragging big cameras around at Bathurst and I'll appreciate their, their input and um, put some credits up there on the Cooper's website for the, for oh, the lovely photos. Okay, the photos? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Pretty good. And uh, as you know, Chris is down here Yep. for uh, Clipsal. Yes. And uh, he'll, be, he'll be down here next, next weekend because uh, you've got the Malala Drift. Oh, drift that's right. Drift, so drift's he on. Said, uh, what else is on? Target Taz next weekend. I went, it? no. Okay. No. <laughs> Target has next week or the no, week after? No, Target has mania is next weekend. Uh, it's it is the first weekend. round of, of, of Le Mans series in Monza for Alan. Yep. And then he's back uh, to do that. Right. In I'll the see Jim's. Uh, in Paul Carter's home loan centre Australia Evo 9 co-driving with uh, Western Australian Ben Searcy. Which is the same car that they uh, did so well in the uh, Rally of Taz earlier on. Met uh, someone uh, interested <coughs> on the weekend uh, at, and... Uh, Tripped, uh, tripped across the person because they were in having a bit of a chat with Alan in the truck about strategy about and how they could get some more speed out of the car and uh, it was uh, none other than uh, Amber Anderson who is uh, one of the, the girls racing in yes. the, the production car championship um, a very interesting person who's also a lawyer and has a uh, having a look at her website uh, amberanderson.com go to the .com.au they go to the dot com. She pointed out that that was a porn site. Amber Anderson does sound like a bit of a porn star's name, doesn't it? <laughs> she's she's, uh, she's uh, quite a friendly uh, and 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 definitely talented individual. Not only on the track but also off the track, being a lawyer. Um, and uh, 
drove with uh, uh, another couple of girls. I so just their names. Are just, uh, oh, anyway, Russell, anyway Russell. in the in the in one of the two thrifty cars, but more importantly, beat the boys home. Ah, the other thrifty car. Well, that's what it's all about. Nothing like a bit of bragging rights there. Of course. So, um, and uh, you know what? I was thinking to myself, and I had a phone call from her this afternoon to um, have a bit of a chat, and I was thinking, JP, you know, we've got uh, three fairly successful blokes on the books, wouldn't it be interesting to have a female on the books? Mm. Like, would it be just give the whole thing a diff different bit of depth? It would, a bit of depth, yeah. a different she's spin. She's uh, definitely, uh, definitely good for a chat. I think yeah. she'd be very good for, um, definitely good for sponsors and, and you know, commercial partners that open up all these uh, other options. As I said well, to her on the phone, you wouldn't get, uh, you wouldn't get that... Uh, the Danish donut, as I said, <laughs> sponsored by by Murray Claire. Ah, what's that? Who knows? And so maybe we should have her on the show for a chat next week, and then the viewers can all, you know, say, "Well, that was good. That was interesting. She's worthwhile." We'll go over to Melbourne and have a bit of a chat to her first. Off yeah, I think we'll, we'll go, go do that there. first for sure. But uh, you mentioned before uh, the Samantha Reed, and yes, uh, she I did. was pairing up with uh, right. Leanne, Leanne Tanda. Tanda yeah. um, and who were the other two ladies? I can't remember. Well, they were very pink. But they were in a pink car, weren't they? They were in a pink diesel. Diesel. That actually basically blew the turbo. Uh-huh. And that was uh, the fault there. Samantha Reed wasn't did they couldn't uh, stick it in the sand pit at the top of the hill, but that could well have been um, as a result of the thing just running out of puff. Right. Um, and therefore, like, she's turned in at McPhillamy. Although without turning, like exactly, there's nothing there. So we don't. Know. Mm. So I'm just going to go looking through here because I can't remember who the the full. No, it was in last week's because there was a preview. Anyway, of it. In fact, it even made the advertiser on uh, Saturday in the motoring section, the local newspaper here. Well, I looked around. I didn't see uh, Samantha's uh, father around. You didn't. Who's um, part of Mr. BMS? Uh, BMS, which is one of the big distribution groups here for electronic technology in this part of the world. But I thought all the girls were all very lipid and hair done to the max. Is that right? And their pink bend-on set-up. Bend-on, was it? Bend-on sponsorship, oh, yeah. yeah. And, say uh, more. Mind you, there was also a uh, another a, a VRX, well, it might have been a VRX, not a diesel one, yep. which was run by um, Shane Price and uh, Jack, 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 Jack Perkins. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, Jason Richards was in the car, and, That's right. uh, and so was I think Nathan, um, Nathan Pretty. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Pretty by name, pretty by nature. He was also sponsored by Bendon, <laughs> but I don't really think that was doing much for any of us. They were very much under the radar because they, there was a lot of look. You know, the Bimph is is a good is a good thing to go to because you can go and have a ride in a supercar. Yeah, you're going to have to pay a little bit of money, but you're going to get a ride around there. And there's and a ride around Bathurst's worth getting. That's right, and the uh, the Project New Car, the Racer Industries Car, which is actually owned by Paul Morris anyway, uh, that Jack, uh, we had hired for Jack at Queensland Raceway, oh, and yes. was, was turning in uh, two 18s right. with people in the car, so it's certainly, you know, you're getting the fat experience, mm. um, and, uh, you know, definitely something you, you need to do. The unfortunate thing was that you could only do a go out and come back into pit lane. The so you could never actually do a flyer. For, no, yeah. certain, no, it was not licensed to be able to do that. Well, but speaking oh. of flyers, that reminds me, I forgot to say that in the first race there, that uh, the first race at uh, for GT, that Bryce Washington, who controlled the start from his own speed, and I thought it was a fairly slow start that he decided to, to make it, went across and still did a 13-1 as a rolling start, which was well under the break time. 
Yeah, so they're just going to get better and better and stronger and stronger. And that was the first uh, Gallardo win internationally uh, in sports car racing, I understand. Um, oh, something else I wanted to mention earlier on when we were talking about Target Tasmania this weekend. Um, I see that uh, Jim Richards is not running a, uh, a four-wheel drive car this year. He's actually gone back to uh, a 911... Uh, GT3 CS, I believe, which is only uh, which is a stripped-out racer with rear-wheel drive only. So I guess he's going to be praying for um, no rain is instead it? of a bit of dampness. Is it <laughs> Jim Richards? All right. In the 911. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's so uh, yeah, Jimmy has gone. He has decided he wants to go with a two-wheel drive car. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's uh, look, because he reckons it's going to be more nimble as long as the weather stays dry. Yeah. And it's the only way he can compete with the tarmac spec uh, rally cars. He hasn't had a very uh, comfortable experience with the 997, I understand, this year um, at, at Mount Buller and then also at uh, the last two events, uh, well, Lake Mountain Sprint and uh, ta ta Rally Tasmania. So, have to see what's going on. Well, if the weather we've got here this week's any indication of uh, whether it's going to be wet or dry down there, um, if it's all blowing that way, it could be a good weekend for him in a two-wheel drive nimble car. Look, when I went down with Robbie Sherrard a couple of weeks ago, it, it it's just it's just barren. It's so, uh, but that it was at the top of the, the top part of the island, and I have right. been down to the bottom. Yeah, interesting. Well, mate, I think that's about it. Yeah, you think we're done? I don't know. Have we? Is there anything oh, else? Any little tidbits? There's always little bits that come cropping up, and you think, and then oh, you I need go, to oh, say about that. Say while we were talking, that. And, but we never did. So, never mind. No, there's nothing else that's. Uh, really bugging me that I need that I wanted to talk about. Is Miss Bruce Vegas going to say something? No, I think Miss Bruce Vegas, I don't know where she's gone. She's gone off again. Not wanting to speak. Alright, that's it. Alright then. See you next week, viewers. Good night, viewers. Thanks for listening. Bye.